Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Or good afternoon, I should say. Thank you. Good to see you, buddy. It's uh, indeed uh, afternoon in Amsterdam, in old Amsterdam. It's morning in new Amsterdam. Are you in New York City? That's true. That's actually a good point. I am in new Amsterdam, so we, we definitely have that, that uh, connection here. I have yeah. to say, it's great to see you. I have to use the air quotes when I say see you. Uh, I'm sure we would have already run into each other a couple of times on the circuit had the world not uh, summarily shut down like it has. I totally agree. And, and I'm super grateful that you took the time and your busy schedule between writing, organizing events, which are virtual nowadays, to see yeah. you. I, I missed you. We always hook up on the fairs in Europe. Yeah. Um, it's a joy to always see you, speak to you. You're the most raw, uh, authentic stand-up guy in the watch oh, industry. Oh, you I, stop you. It's true. No, keep going, keep going. I want to hear it. It's true, it's true. I love it. I love your energy. I love your bluntness. Um, but during these busy fairs, we never have time more than 10 minutes to chat. I know. It, it's, I tell you, it's a pleasure to like, you know, you make that eye contact and it's like, whoa you and then you know we can hang out maybe there's a chance to grab a glass of something but then you've got your appointments i got my appointments it's but you know that's part of the the thing and i do have to say i miss that energy too i definitely miss it i'm actually having a lot of fun doing these ace list episodes um you're our 12th guest we have an amazing track record up to now yeah that's very personal stuff i have loads of questions for you i want to speak about the huff I want to speak about Red Bar. I want to speak about Revo. But before we start, please give a short intro, and afterwards we're going to do a wrist check. Okay, fair enough. Uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, and that may be quite a few of you, uh, my children know who I am. That's about it. Uh, I'm Adam Craniotis. I'm the founder and president of Red Bar Group, which is the uh, world's largest collective of watch enthusiasts. I think we have about 70 chapters around the world now. And uh, I'm also the editor-at-large for Revolution Magazine USA. Amazing. Awesome. And a big watch freak and nerd. Well, yes. I mean, this all is is a direct result of that. Yeah. So what are you sporting today, Adam? Uh, Well, it's actually, it's interesting. I'm about to take it out of its packaging and put it on for the first time. It's my my Knight Rider watch. So, (laughs) yes. Actually, you know what? I think I should probably keep it safe. I think they're worth more this way. Uh, you know, cool. it is definitely an investment piece. So you can keep your, you know, speedy uh, silver Snoopy awards and your, you know, Rolexes and Paddocks. Uh, yeah, I you say those. that because you already have them. But okay, awesome. <laughs> Did you find it on eBay? Uh, actually, this was um, a birthday present from a very good friend of mine who uh, she looked high and low. And then she's like, you know, what, what do you get the man who has everything? That's what you get the man who has everything. So uh, it was a bit of a joke, but I have to say, I, I really want to take it out and wear it. <laughs> but I know it's so old and whatever. I'm just going to leave it. Leave it. Funny. Does, leave does, it alone. Does it speak to Kit? No, no. No. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting take. Uh, and I'll just take a moment to maybe try to say, yeah, it, it's, it's an analog sort of toy watch. Now, apparently it does work, um, but there is no real connection to Knight Rider beyond they have some some cardboard in it that looks like the dashboard. Uh, clearly this is not something Michael Knight 
would have ever worn. But it's uh, it really works. You wind it like a real watch, hear it tick, and see it run. The hands are synchronized. That's you know what what do you really need from a watch? On topic, and 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 and, and, and trivia question for you. Mm -hmm. What were you wearing in the in the series? I used to love it as a kid. So he wore a watch. It was a modified. This is you know the '80s, yeah. and they had uh, these AM/FM radio digital watches. So they would pack a tiny little radio transmitter, and then just you know this crappy liquid crystal uh, display, probably no name manufacturer. Pardon? It wasn't a Casio. Well, that was the thing is that it didn't really have a brand per se. Uh, these watches were sold uh, under a lot of different names. I think, you know, there was probably just one place that was churning them out and then you could buy, uh, you know, whichever models you wanted and then just slap your name on it or whatever your company was. But uh, the dials on the front of it were actually to tune the radio. And what they did, the prop guys, is they just covered them up and they had uh, the words transmit and engage. And then he would just... Kit, I need you, buddy. Kit, where are you, buddy? You know, Fratello's asking a question here. Kit yeah, or Carr? I keep the questions to the end. Okay. Uh, they, they're pumping questions out. They wrote hi. They're asking this. So do you want to answer this? Or are I'm just going to say right now, I, I, well, I have a lot of affinity for Carr uh, because, you know, it, I think he's just misunderstood. I think if he had grown up in a better, uh, better situation, uh, his things, his life would have turned out differently. But obviously, Kid is the hero. So yeah, you know that you, you had Kid. Who's, who's behind his handle today? Because they switch up these guys, yeah. like goofing around. Well, that's with a great him. question, and you know, because again, Kit was the Night Industries 2000. The car, who was the the original, was uh, the Night Automated Roving Robot. So yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to stop now. But yes, thank you. I was, yeah, they got that. But if you want to see what I'm really wearing, though, I, I will. I do have to give a shout out here because I'm, I'm very, very proud of this watch. Maybe I should take it off. No, I, I, I love this watch. Neil's shown it to me beforehand. Mm. I think it's a home run. Integrated bracelet, Frederick Constant, perpetual calendar, in-house, yes. red bar edition, right? Yeah, and this is a. Uh, this is ours. Um, I don't know if I can, you can get the, 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 there you go. Yeah. So we actually have our logo on the back and then yeah. we uh, worked with them to design these models. So we've got the gray dials with the red accents and uh, there you go. And the, uh, and then for the, the perpetual calendar, we did 10 of these. Uh, yeah. I love the moon phase that what we were just referring to this one as the blood moon, yeah. you know, and look, obviously red is a call out to the name of our, our organization and uh, our logo, but um, in any in any iteration, though, I have to say that Frederick and Stunt really did such a fantastic job with this watch. Um, you know, Red Bar is all about inclusivity. It's about you know your passion. You know, but we want things to be accessible for people. So while we definitely will be doing some partnerships, I think that'll move us a little out of our comfort zone price wise. Typically, we really just want our members to have. Uh, great watches at great prices. And while the perpetual is not cheap at about ten thousand dollars US, it com you know it, it compares to watches that are you know twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars. And then we did a hundred of the three hander, the cost version. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, that's actually a little under two thousand dollars US. So yeah. that's you know, I think you know more of the the value watch. 
Yeah. And I have to confess, I, I don't have one of those because uh, <laughs> I can only afford one. So, you know, and then with each of our releases with watches, there's always a nod to charity. Uh, yeah. This one, you know, it's for Donor's Choice, which is a teaching charity. So it's yeah. something we're proud of. Do you guys choose a different foundation every time or do you link it to the same one? You know, it, it's uh, it's the way we did it this time is there was a specific foundation um, with our past watches. For instance, uh, the Oris we did, uh, what we did is we took the money from that. And Oris, of course, was very generous in donating $50,000 on their own. Um, is uh, we have what we call the Red Bar Fund. So okay. not the most originally named of funds, but we do have a fund that is managed for us by a nonprofit 501c3. So when we put money in there, we can't take that money back out. It can only be dispersed to other uh, legitimate charities. And so what we did with that watch is we looked at, uh, you know, canvassed our various chapters in the U.S. and said, what are your local charities? You yeah. Know? And then we would donate money in their name to different charities. So you so. can earmark the donations. Yes. Amazing. Good for you. Compliments. Thank you. So, and compliments to Frederick Constant, Niels Ergeding, the CEO, who is a buddy of mine. He gave you guys the platform because they just launched this model, right? And they gave and you well, the immediately. Yes. I mean, when we started talking to them, uh, you know, this was almost a year ago. Yeah. And so no one else had really seen this. So right off the bat, we knew, you know, this was going to be a perfect fit for us. And I have to say, like I said, if you don't like gray, <laughs> uh, the blue dial is fantastic. The white dial is fantastic. Uh, they just, honestly, they really did a great job. But I think for a brand like Frederick and Stott that maybe doesn't always get the love from the collector's community that I feel it does deserve, uh, yeah. this is a watch that might open people's eyes a little bit. And again, not just for our watch, but for the collection as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're um, under-recognized, undervalued. They're the underdog a bit, and they're doing an amazing job. Yeah. Uh, under the Dutch reign, under the current Japanese reign, yeah. and, and they are a young brand, so uh, yeah, they are. yeah, amazing. So for you, I racked my brain what I should wear, and then I said, what is our um, red thread in our passion of watching? Yes. And we are both a bit schizophrenic, Little. so I put on two watches uh -oh. for perpetual calendars. Well, there we go. That that's yeah. what I would have been wearing. Well, the, my you know Top Gun. Ooh, but wow. you also love G-Shocks like I do. That yeah. So, well, G-Shock is kind of where I started. So yeah. yeah. So so did I as a kid. I was yeah. four years old. Eighty-three swatches, G-Shocks. That's what my dad mm -hmm. gave me. Free time, analog, digital. It's mm -hmm. still in my mind. I have many G-Shocks, but I put on the Mudmaster. That's it's a monster. Because I met the designer in Tokyo at HQ. Oh, wonderful. He explained the design to me, and then that blew my mind. Um, so I put that one on for you. So What's uh, his name again? Rasuki? Yeah. I, 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 I wrote a blog post about it. I need to look it up. Yeah. Morii. Whatever. You know, whatever. A fantastic, interesting fellow. Yeah. Amazing guy. Modest. Well, most of them are. He needed a translator. Yeah. But he had an amazing PowerPoint uh, presentation. He showed mm -hmm. me original sketches. He was inspired by motors, uh, motorcycles, and mm -hmm. uh, amazing how deep they go. Because I think that was a great trip. You know, I did that trip too, um, yeah. uh, several years, I think 2016. But uh, I mean, they, you really you see what goes into these watches. I don't want to get too far off the 
beaten path here, but I will say that there probably there is no, then we're going to beat a new path. Yeah. But people, a lot of people ask me, you know, what, what is, you know, you visit a lot of manufacturers, you've, you've been around, you know, what's your favorite, you know, and they're expecting me to say something like, you know, Audemars or, you know, JLC or, or Blancpain and which are all fantastic, mind you. But it was seeing uh, the Yamagata factory and, and seeing the testing facility in, in Homura and just seeing everything that, that Casio does, you know, of course, all in-house naturally, but it was fascinating. And for me, as somebody who had been collecting since 1983, when the brand came out, it was about 11 years old then, it was almost like a full circle moment, you know, from getting my first G-Shock to, to actually being here. You know, I was wearing an older Reisman uh, model, and that was one of the first models that uh, this gentleman designed when he came on board and started working on the G-Shocks. And I have a photo of him, like, you know, wearing my watch, which was his watch. And I mean, it was just this thing where, like, wow. And people are always, always like, wait, you mean Casio, like G-Shock? That, that was your, your big moment? Mind. I also and went to that same factory with the bullet train. Yeah. Um, have you seen the apples, by the way, at the train station? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't do anything uh, half-assed there, but uh, but it was really fascinating, and and you know, I came away with just a renewed respect for uh, what they do. And yeah, yeah. and honestly, it's it's the same with uh, you know Seiko and Grand Seiko, and I've had the yeah. privilege of visiting them as well. So the Japanese really the contribution to horology on every level uh, it rivals uh, anyone. Yeah, what so this is, uh, my report to the factories. What blew my mind was how yeah. long they spent on synchronizing the analog hands. Yeah, they that get blew my very mind. specific about that. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so it was wonderful. So I'm glad you had that experience. Also, it really, it really is something. Yeah, yeah and then the G—that's the shape of the production, the premium production line. If you look yeah. at it from down as the watches go around, it goes in the shape of a G. And and I never knew they used alpha gel from A6. Yep. So, so you did, did, you, did, you did the the bowl, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was awesome. But it was an amazing trip. I had so much fun right. and there's such nice people and there's so much Wonderful. passion in there. So yeah, that was great fun. So enough about that. Shall we go to the seven ace list questions? Yes, yes. Okay. I so, scan them briefly and then I put it out of my head so that I, I can't be too prepared here. Awesome. First question, what is your favorite watch or jewel and why? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, jewels, unfortunately, uh, it's a closed book for me. I don't have any money for that. And I'm also fortunate that my wife is not into that stuff because I can't afford to give her nice things because I buy all the stuff for myself. Um, watches, it's almost like having to pick your favorite child. That would be Lola. Um, I, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, they're in the room studying, so I don't have to worry about that. Favorite watch would be probably still my um, Top Gun Perpetual Calendar. Uh, it's still, not the watch. After all these years, after all these years, I think first of all, it's a watch that's sort of my spirit animal. I think when people think of me, if they're thinking of me in a watch context, that would be the watch. Yeah, that you would you would think of me wearing. Um, yeah. I, I still remember when it was announced, and this was before I was kind of uh, professionally involved in the industry. And like everybody else who's a watch enthusiast at the time, um, you know, we're waiting for the shows to start. And this was SIHH uh, 2012. Yeah. And of course, everyone's at their desk. We're just hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. 
you know, because we want to see the brand start announcing, you know, the watches, you know, we're going to Hodinkee, we're on the forums, you know, we're on their websites, like what's going on. And when that watch was announced, uh, the first thing I did is I just shot an email to uh, the AD that I worked with. Uh, it was an AD artistic jewelers down in St. Martin, a little connection there for us. And uh, I was like, look, I just, this watch, I need this watch. I mean, they're reading my mind and get a response actually, calm down. <laughs> you know, we, we know everything, you know, you know, we'll get back to you. Yeah. And uh, cause I just, I loved, uh, I always loved the big pilot. I was always a big IWC fan and, um, and I love the perpetual calendar, but you know, they, they didn't do that many versions uh, at the time limited. They were all limited editions, but here yeah. was something that they combined uh, the ceramic case, which is an IWC, uh, you know, thing. It was also titanium and other material IWC pioneered the use of. Okay. And then it has, you know, the iconic case and then a movement that has Kirk Claus's DNA all over it. So to yeah. this day, I will still tell you the most IWC watch you can get is that watch. And yeah. then sprinkle a little cheesy marketing on top of it in the form of the Top Gun, you know, and then, and that's it. Yeah. Now it's gigantic, but fortunately I have a big hairy wrist. And uh, long story short, you know, there's a little bit of good news, bad news, good news. Obviously, they're making the watch. Bad news is it's $38,600. And for the first year, it'll only be sold in boutiques. That means no discount. You know, you got to pay tax. And I didn't even have $38,000 to begin with. So it was a, a weird it was a weird journey towards getting the watch. Uh, suffice to say, I did. And uh, yeah, it's just a watch that's remained special to me for a lot of reasons. So but yeah, eight years now. God, so I don't want to dwell too long on it. And you've told this story mm -hmm. many times. A lot of people know you for it. Did you a you really have a mohawk? And did you really shave it off because your mom said so? So yeah. So no this is now I will I will point out because I, I I am proud of this. Uh, if you do search uh, my name in the New York Times, there is a whole article uh, in the New York Times on how I got this watch and what it means to me. And, and really what happened is at the time, my mother and I had this sort of agreement that I would, uh, if I saw a watch I liked, um, but you know, I didn't want my wife to find out that I was gonna spend this money, my mother would buy the watch. And, you know, and then I would sort of pay her under the table in little amounts so that my wife wouldn't see all this money go missing at once. And I'll tell you, my mother is, you know, she's no fool. And, you know, I have to agree to pay her back <laughs> within a certain amount of time. And, but everybody was happy, you know, mom gets to prove, there we go, mom gets to prove that she loves me more than anyone. Uh, I get my watch and I stay married and my wife doesn't hate me. Uh, what happened with this particular watch is that not only was it a little more expensive than anything I had come to her before with, um, but uh, you know, it was it was just like this, that she was just so upset because at the time I had, I called it the corporate hawk. So as you can see, I can't really grow it anymore. But I used to have this mohawk that would go straight back. It was pretty low down. That's kind of it. That mustache is pretty embarrassing too. As you can see, my son is very upset. We both just got soaked in a fountain. And uh, the reason I had the mohawk, and I did work in a corporate capacity at Macy's, is a whole other story. And the, how I got away with it, I still don't know. But uh, she hated it. So she saw an opportunity. And she said, look, obviously, I love you. We're going to do the deal like we always do. I know you're good for the money. But I'm not going to do this unless you shave that thing off your head. I'd had this for uh, at least a year, and I was getting pretty good at managing it. And 
And I was like, you can't. That's asking Samson to shave his his locks. I'm going to lose my power. I'm not going to be the cool dad anymore. And what I didn't realize, of course, is I did look like an idiot. And uh, But I'll tell you what, mom always wins. And the very next day, I meet her for lunch. Mohawk's gone. And we just go straight to the bank. We had to wire the money. And so she got her wish. And then she wasn't done yet. So this was actually the year I, I turned 40. And uh, which, again, wow, eight years ago. And so when I got back to, you know, I started paying her and I was within $10,000 of, you know, the money that I owed her. And, you know, I'd sold a couple watches. So, you know, I had the money on hand. And then she just said, no. You know, what do you mean? No. She goes, we're good. So that that was sort of her gift to me, you know, for turning 40 was, look, that $10,000, I I just wanted to make sure you had it. Now you just move on, do something nice yeah. with it. Or, it had a double story to it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so and then, of course, and she said, and don't tell your twin sister because she's not getting a check for $10,000 from me. So, well, here it goes, I, Mom. He told yeah. the whole world 10,000 times. Well, and that was funny because then there was a, another article in the Times talking about Red Bar and, and other stuff. And then the story of that watch had, had popped up. I, I guess I had been drinking and mentioned it. So my wife, of course, was very proud. You know, she went, remember that morning before I got up to get copies of the paper. It was in the style section. And, you know, there was a picture of me and, you know, whatever. We had a photographer at the thing. And she's like, oh, my, you know, honey, I'm so proud of you. Like, oh, look, here, you're the New York Times. Here's your photo. Oh, and we're going to talk about this. And then that was, yeah. So it was like happy and then sad. Um, so bonus. So needless to say, I can't get away with that anymore. No, I don't think so. And you talk too much. That's your problem. Well, that's a big problem. That's the problem. So bonus question for you. What mm -hmm. watch will it take to shave your beard? You know, I've thought long and hard about it. And uh, I'm not sure which watch it is, but it goes by complication. So mm -hmm. for me, it would have to be a minute repeater. Mm. Good one. I think if, if a perpetual calendar got my mohawk off, then yeah. I want a minute repeater. Yeah, I concur. Second question, what did you want to be when you grew up? It's actually an easy one. Uh, I wanted to be a truck. So A truck? Not a truck driver, but a truck. An actual Driving truck. Uh, I don't know that I'd put that much thought into it. I think uh, I was more along the lines of a Peterbilt with like, or a Mack truck with a, with a traditional uh, you know, engine out front. Um, but this was actually a true story. And my mother still remembers this, that we were – we were asked, it was like a parent-teacher day in kindergarten, and they were going around asking the children, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And every kid was doing the standard, you know, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. I want to, you know, this or that. And, and they got to me and I said, I want to be a truck. And just like you, I was like, oh, so you want to be a truck driver? Did I stutter? No, I want to be a truck. Well, you know, you can't be a truck. I didn't know that there were terms to the question here. You asked what I wanted to be. I want to be a truck. So my mother still remembers that. That's that's kind of, I think, what I was thinking of. Okay, and cool. uh, But I'll be honest with you. You know, we, when people ask that question, I was, as a child, I was very preoccupied with being a child. So I, I never really thought about that. So I didn't have that, I want to be an astronaut thing or or whatever. My father was a, a businessman, so I, that wasn't very sexy. I didn't want to be a businessman. And my mother was a clinical psychologist, so I I didn't really think about doing that. So I didn't have anyone around me that was doing anything particularly cool. I think if my father was the president of Casio, 
then I would go, oh, I want to be the president of Casio. So, and, and truly, what I do now is is not at all what I would even imagine doing ever. So, so maybe a quick. Um, you gave me a stepping stone. I wanted to ask you later. So you mentioned Macy's. You're born and raised in the Big Apple. Correct. So you worked in fashion in a corporate capacity. Mm -hmm. How did you evolve into doing full time what you do now? Is hundred percent passion in it, Red Bar, which is now today I would almost call you guys a media company, three sixty almost. Yeah, but you guys don't that much, right? You we don't. We we started it, and then it, it was sort of petered out. I think there was a sense of we're not going to do this better than anyone else and you know we have a focus but it's something we actually are going to revisit but in a way that i think makes it more um more personal to red bar and to our members you know i like to tell you know you're not going to out hodinky hodinky uh you're not going to out a block to watch a block to watch you're not going to out for tello for tello we have so many fantastic outlets right now yeah. uh i don't know that that my voice or red bar's voice is going to add anything to it unless we do something that's a little different um and so that's sort of our plan there okay so so how did you go from was it macy's to red bar it was actually and uh honestly i, I still don't i still don't know i i'm very um upfront about the fact that that this has all uh, happened in a very organic fashion uh, uh -huh. there was never any plan uh when red bar began to turn it into anything more than just a couple of guys you know hanging out over drinks after yeah. work and uh, indulging in a shared passion. The fact that it resonated the way that it did, um, you know, still amazes me. And in terms of how it grew, it was, it was actually, I have to give social media credit for that because we kind of predate um, social media in a sense. We started around 2007. And so these platforms were just getting big. Uh, Twitter still didn't have photos on it. So Instagram became kind of the de facto way for the watch community to uh, to get in get on board with this because you know you want to share photos and so what we started doing or what i started doing was just sharing photos every i think it was thursday nights we were meeting then um of the watches just on the yeah. table or what have you and what happened is people just started checking in and saying you know you know i wait you know every thursday let's say to to see what you guys are doing and to see the watches and it looks like so much fun we don't have that where i am how can i get that started and uh, and I would just tell people, you know, there's no, uh, you know, magic uh, 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 formula here. Just find a good place to hang out, get some friends you trust, you know, obviously, and just take it from there. And so what would happen is uh, these other groups would start up, and then they would ask, well, can can we call a red bar? And I was like, I I don't own the name Red Bar, you know, go ahead. Yeah. So then next thing you know, we've got Red Bar Toronto and Red Bar Chicago and you know, Red Bar, Minnesota, and, uh, and that's how it happened. So as it started to grow, then it sort of became apparent, you know, maybe we do need to take a little bit of control here. You know, this is not gonna be some draconian rules-based rigid organization. And, and I firmly believe, you know, what you do in New York is gonna be different from what we do in say Halifax, yeah. or what we do, you know, in, in, in Milan. So I want each chapter to have its own flavor, but I still felt like we needed to kind of rein it in. And so that's when we started the, the actual company. So it's Red Bar Group LLC. 
And it was more to, to get in control of that, to take control of the name so that it was something that was ours. Um, yeah. And then also to start the charitable side of it. Yeah. But it was, and, it was completely by accident. Yeah. That's the <laughs> yeah. best thing. It's yeah. evolution. So two yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think you guys own the actual bar in New York City that's called Red <laughs> Bar. It's, it's, you guys used to go there because you love that bar. We used to go there. Yeah, that's actually where the name comes from. The yeah. bar that we met at was a, a Korean dive bar. It was above a Korean restaurant um, in, in Koreatown, yeah. uh, owned by a very uh, interesting woman. And so it became our home away from home. Um, you know, and they would sort of give us a little space to hang out. And, you know, we knew all the people who worked there. And, and it was just a wonderful situation. And eventually she closed it. Uh, and she moved back to Korea. So okay. we were homeless. And then we found, you know, another spot where we are now, uh, still in Koreatown. But when I was thinking, well, what do we call it? Because we were we were just calling it Red Bar. Just like, are you doing Red Bar tonight? Is, are we going to Red Bar? Who's got, you know, what's, what's Red yeah. Bar? And I would start sending emails out every week, letting people know when we were meeting, yeah. what we were doing. And then I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to keep calling it Red Bar. And so when we started the company, um, it was just to sort of, you know, we, we'd already, it already branded itself. You know, the name has nothing to do with watches, but it was, and I found out, by the way, that Sai, uh, the woman who owned the bar, passed away in Korea. So there's a part of me that kind of, you know, hopes that, that she gets a kick out of the fact that, you know, we're still doing this and we're still carrying the name on. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's nice. It's a nice tribute. And, I, I saved these questions for later, but we're in the flow. Okay. So besides that, you guys, I think my interpretation why you guys were and are still so successful is because I called it uh, democratic. It's down to earth. It's the way you are and your friends that set it up. Um, and I think every scene is different in Asia, Europe, North America. Um, obviously, there's less of these gatherings maybe in Latin America, Africa, but um, the scenes are different. Um, hotel luxury is often um, perceived as snooty. Yeah. Right? Well, and I mean, I maybe it's maybe often the stores are maybe like that, the brands mm-hmm. might be like that, the owners of these watches might be like that. What is it that you think is the USP, the unique selling point that 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 DNA of Red Bar that that makes it so successful? It's exactly what you were saying. Um, we're not snooty. We're not snobby. As a matter of fact, we have we have more rules, but really we say we have two rules. And the first rule is no assholes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that covers a lot of ground. Um, yeah. So that it, snobs. Uh, any people, anyone with attitude, preconceived notions. I've always felt that, you know, when you step into a red bar gathering, you know, you, you leave all your problems outside, you know, yeah. you can be a conservative Republican, you can be a liberal Democrat and everything in between, but you leave that outside. And here's one place where for however long you're there, everyone shares this passion and you can just talk and have fun, feel safe. No, you're not going to be judged for this or that. And and look, I tell you, your problems are waiting for you outside. Yeah. So so don't worry, you can go right back to that. But if you come in and you start with this sort of attitude of like, you know, oh, like, look at this, this is this is watches beneath me, bleh, you know, because I have yeah, my yeah. well, you know, get the fuck out. <laughs> I yeah. hate to say it. Um, we don't need that shit. And and because yeah. 
there were groups like that. Red Bar is kind of a reaction. There was a group in the city that was uh, founded and, you know, and, and you had to be voted in um, and, and your collection was had to be at a certain level yeah. and everything was fancy, fancy, fancy. And I knew a ton of people. As a matter of fact, the guy founded it was a friend of mine and we worked together at Time Zone the website. I used to be a moderator there. Yeah. And it was interesting that, you know, for all the time that I was in this business, and even with, you know, the collection I had, which wasn't the best, but certainly wasn't bad, I was never good enough to be invited to yeah, join yeah. this group. And so to me, Red Bar was sort of that, well, you know what? I don't need you. We can do our own thing. And it's very interesting because that group has since disbanded. Yeah. <laughs> but before they went down, they actually had reached out to me for help in reviving it. Uh, um, ironic. It's yeah, it was a little ironic. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't say no, you know, out of like, screw you. It was yeah. just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> and, you know, you, and so many of their members were our members. Yeah. Because they're like, well, you guys meet every week and you guys have fun. Yeah. So, okay. You know. So linking to that story, if you want to start a chapter, there's a question I got often. Mm -hmm. You and I once spoke about Amsterdam and never, we never progressed I, on that. And yeah, now I'm thinking we need to, but okay. Yeah. If somebody in anywhere in the world wants to start a red bar, how do they start? Well, you reach out to us. Yeah. Yeah. We have a website and you can, uh, there's a, there's a form you can fill out that you can reach out to us. Yeah. We're really bad about getting back to you because we had someone who was doing that for us and now we don't. <laughs> um, but uh, it's really, you know, a little bit of diligence you can do very easily on the internet these days. So it's pretty easy for me to do. Pardon? Is this the URL? Yes. Okay. And so it's actually quite easy, I think, to, uh, to, to kind of vet a person. Everybody leaves a digital trail these days. So yeah. I think what I've, what I've found a lot is that local groups um, will reach out and sort of say, look, you know, we've been operating here for a while. We've got a certain membership and, you know, we'd love to, to sort of come under your umbrella. And, uh, and that always works out fairly well for us, too. But, yeah, you just reach out. We have a couple of pending ones right now that uh, I'm glad we're talking because I do have to, uh, as soon as I finish this article I'm working on, get in there and, and get back to them. But uh, once we see your setup, we just give you uh, your logo, your marching orders, and, and then you're free to really, I think, just grow it the way that makes sense for you and your community. I will say we've had a problem, a couple of problems in the past, some chapters that have, I think, maybe gone off the rails a little bit. We had one where the sort of the complaint was it was getting a little snobby and, yeah. you know, they didn't really like the direction it was going. And so we had to go in and kind of change the leadership. And now it's actually turned into one of our, our largest, most successful chapters. So, you know, we do keep an eye on it. Amazing. So two questions. One for our mm -hmm. viewers. I like to keep this interactive. I love sure. feedback. Everything we do at Ace is for our fans, friends, ambassadors, and customers. Do you guys want an Amsterdam chapter, yes or no? Send us live feedback. If you're re-watching this, post it on the comments. Or the email. answer is yes, by the way. And if you are listening, because we're going to post this later, upload it as an audio-only podcast. So if you're listening <laughs> on the bike, in the gym, in the car, wherever you are, send us a message. Shoot, I love to hear. Um, we had once a non-profit, non-commercial Amsterdam watch crew up and running. Um, I think there were a lot of things going on, obviously COVID. And that's my second question to you, Adam. What do you guys now do during lockdowns? Do you go virtual? Yes. And I have to say, it's it's interesting how quickly 
uh, everybody adapted. And first of all, thank God we have this technology. I mean, even even just five years ago, I don't think it would have been as easy for all of us to stay connected and not just within our community, but just the world in general, you know, uh, to have high speed connections and, and reliable uh, video, uh, you know, conferencing. I mean, wow. So yeah. so first of all, just I'm glad we have this stuff. And, you know, for us, it was, yeah, we did what everyone else did. We started doing Zooms. You know, we'd have special guests come on. We do our IG lives uh, and then the individual chapters were doing their own things. And I think what was interesting is I probably got to visit more Red Bar chapters since COVID began than before, yeah. because now everybody was going online. So I could just kind of sit in and, and just be there and be part of it, whether it was, excuse me, Kansas City or Chicago, you know, um, it was uh, it's been interesting. But what was nice is the community was strong enough. That, that people still wanted to get together. They still wanted to talk. And I'll tell you, half the time at a Red Bar meeting, you're not even talking about watches. Yeah. And what did you guys do with the international meetup that you did virtual this year? Well, so that was How the other big thing. We had about a thousand. Well, the, we were limited to a thousand people because of our Zoom, Zoom license. Yeah. And uh, so we every year now we're, we'd like to do what we call a, vir a global meetup. To just get everyone around the world together. Last year was the first one we tried. Actually, we did one the year before a national meetup in Las Vegas. And then last year we had our global meetup in New York City. And it was just a weekend, uh, you know, programming and panel discussions and parties, definitely. And so we were doing it again this year in London. Yeah. And so it was September 11th to the 13th. And it was the same program, you know, where we had, you know, panel discussions, sponsors, uh, you know, boutique crawls, uh, parties, obviously. And then the whole thing obviously got shut down. And so it's like, well, what do we do? Well, we kind of did the same thing just online. So we still had our panels, but they were online. Uh, we still had our party. We actually had a live DJ who uh, came on and was spinning. And then everyone could just sort of get online themselves at that time and, and you know, dance along with us. Uh, one of our partners was Oris. They sent everybody booze um, along with, you know, uh, these sort of 3D goggles because we were able to do a whole 3D underwater presentation based on one of their uh, charities that they work with. We launched our watch, obviously. Yeah. So we had a, a wonderful talk. You know, we had Pim from the manufacturer on there yeah. to walk people through the designs. And, and so it was fun. Is it the same? Nope. But you know what? I think everybody's expectations have been lowered to the same point now that, you know, we're happy that people are trying and still making it work. And, and we understand yeah. that we, if we want nice things in the, in, in the future, then we've got to do the right thing now. So, yeah. and, but and it didn't work out. Better than nothing. Yeah. And so, and it, was, so it was a lot of fun. So if our viewers right now are in a city or a place in the world, there is no chapter and they want to hook up with you guys virtually, how do they go about well, you have to be a member uh, okay. to be a part of that. Although I will say that the Zooms that we do and the IG Lives all go up. Uh, yeah. IG Lives live on our, our Instagram page and the Zooms go up on our YouTube channel. Okay. So anybody can go in after the fact and see this stuff. Okay. Uh, if you want to participate live, though, you do need to be a member. Cool. All right. And then and, and they can find the info about the membership on the website. Yeah. And all just, right. You know, as always, there's no fee. There's no, we don't charge you anything, you know. Okay, cool. So I, I tried to keep these sessions under an hour. I see we're already 
online for 40 minutes, so I'm going to speed up the questions. Uh, third question, who is your role model? David Hasselhoff. Okay, so what's up? Why the Hoff? Why? And I think one of I think the, the answer, you, the question you have to ask yourself is why isn't it the Hoff for you? Like, my role? The, listen, yeah, any, anybody should anybody should ask themselves the question: Why is David Hasselhoff not your role model? Okay, so why is he yours? Because he's, he's awesome. There's a guy who who found something he'd love to do, and let's be honest, all right. And no offense to you, Mr. Hasselhoff, but he's never going to win an Oscar. I don't think he cares. Uh, I guess he's winning German Grammys. You're not going to yeah. win one here in the state. That's why, that's why RJ loves him, by the way. And it was RJ who was on the Fratello account live with us. Oh, okay. No, he wrote he that. So he just, he's, he's found something that works for him, and he's happy with who he is. And he's just, he's having a blast. And he's still having a blast, and he still finds a way. I don't care how cheesy the shows were, whether it was Knight Rider, which was my favorite television show growing up. I mean, that's where it started. Mine too. To get it with my guy. Yeah. And then Baywatch, you know, I think any kid my age when it came out would have enjoyed that show. And yeah, as preposterous as it was. Yeah. And, and then to, to reinvent himself as a, a German superstar crooner, it's amazing. I just love him. And so he's my spirit animal, and he's definitely, as that's the Friday hawk thing, he's the spirit animal of Friday. And you want to have okay, a good Friday, you listen to what that, Friday hawk tells you. Do you really hate that Monday so much that you post these awesome cartoons? Why, you really have Monday blues ever since you're an entrepreneur? I don't like Monday. Wow. I, I, I just, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I think you have to prepare yourself. Really? Uh, and so, you know, these these posts that I put up, I think, are are kind of ways for people to stay on their toes and just know that it's Monday and you got a whole week ahead of you. But, but you know, whenever what, I see it, I'm already three quarters of my day. Well, you know, then hopefully retroactively you can look back at, at what happened during the day and then take that going forward. But I think what it is, is this is preparing you to get through and then who's waiting for you with open arms at the end is Friday Hawk. It okay. bookends and he's right there saying, come to, come to me, come unto me and I will give you, you know, sexy times and good times. So let's talk about sexy time. Where I do feel you is the bare feet, fire and wine. There yeah, that's, that's, that's all I really have at this point. There I feel you. The Mondays, I love the Mondays. I love every day of the week. Uh, the Hoff, I think he's cool as well. Yes. And you being a dad, I know it's a show because you're an a-hole to your kids. I'm a young yep. dad, so my kids are a bit younger. Uh, I, do, I do know you love them. But, man, I wonder what your mom thinks of you as a psychologist. Or you what's know, your name? You're not allowed to analyze your family, so... You know, she can't, uh, she can't, Professional you know, deformation. you can't do anything about it. I think she definitely has, has, has her own issues with me. Uh, but I do firmly believe that your children are there for you to, you know, mess around with too. My father used to pick on me and my sister all the time and little pranks or, yeah. uh, he told us our house was actually built on an Indian burial ground. That's why it was haunted. Um, he told me that my bedroom in the city, the reason it was haunted is because the old man who lived in the apartment before us killed himself. He jumped out the window 
uh, it wasn't until later I realized that, in fact, no one had lived in that apartment before us. My father was one of the first tenants in the building. Um, so he would do things like that that he thought was funny. And so I like to do the same thing to my kids. All right, yeah. that's instilled in you. I'm All still right. afraid of the dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's why the light is still on, right? And it's morning. Yeah. Question four. If you could teleport tomorrow, where would you go? Hmm. Does it have to be on this planet? Because, you know, at this point, I'm. You want it to be a Go for it. Yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm getting kind of done with Earth. Uh, I guess the problem with teleporting to another planet is, is that there's no real infrastructure for me to exist or breathe or live. So I'll stay on Earth. Um, there are two places. One, uh, we discussed it before a little bit, touched on it, Tokyo, uh, Japan. I love uh, Japan, period, the culture, the people. Uh, I love the watchmaking tradition. I've always had a great time there. So uh, as a matter of fact, I think I would have been there at least once already if it weren't for this, uh, this stupid uh, virus. So definitely Japan. And then uh, Los Angeles, wow. uh, that's where my twin sister lives. So I have not been over there to see her and to see my nephews in a very long time. So I, I would love to do that. Yeah, amazing. All right, thanks for sharing. Fifth question, what book are you currently reading? Yeah, uh, I am rereading for the millionth time, uh, Dune by Frank Herbert. Okay, I don't know. Uh, I was Why very excited. Pardon? Why should we read it? I don't know it. Oh, oh well, it's it's basically the, the seminal science fiction epic saga tome, whatever you want. It's uh, you know, sort of inspired. I think a a lot of uh, the movies that we've seen that came after it, a lot of the other fiction that came after it. But it's it's world building on a scale that you you can barely comprehend. I still don't know how this guy came up with this stuff. And, and somehow he even makes the minutia of just how commerce works in the year 10,000 uh, fascinating. So, okay. uh, awesome. but, so and then, then the movie, they're redoing it. There was the 1984 film, uh, mm -hmm. then there was a, a mini series, and, uh, but now they're, they're redoing the film. It was actually something supposed to be out around now, but everything's getting pushed back. So, okay. yeah, Dune, read it. I'm going to put it on my read list. No, it's amazing. Sixth question. What do you think is going to be the color of 2021? Look, it's it's either blue or green. I think for the past two years, several years, it's been blue or green. Um, two colors I enjoy. And I'll be honest, my favorite dial so far, with the exception of my gray dial, but I don't think gray is the color, um, is the uh, the Blancpain uh, Morikam. I believe I'm saying that right. That was the limited edition they did. And of course they just came out with the chronograph version, the non-limited edition. But that green dial is insane. And then if you look at the, the Moser Streamliner, yeah. again, a very similar uh, take on that color green. Yeah. So I, I'm leaning more towards green maybe, okay. but uh, you know, Tudor will have you more than blue. Yeah. I expect that you say red though. Well, you know what? There is going to be something coming out. Uh, not a red bar release, but uh, a very interesting piece that we will be sort of involved with. And that that maybe will shift the scale. And maybe we're going to make red the color of 2021. Cool. Possibly. Last question. Have you been to Amsterdam before? And if so, what's your favorite memory? Uh, well, here I have to confess I have never been to Amsterdam. Really? 
I have never, my wife has been, my sister has been, all my friends have been, and I am the, the one holdout. And I can't say that it's for any reason other than that I, I just was never in the right place or the right time because I have always wanted to go to Amsterdam. Dude, uh, you're going to love it I've here. I've only heard wonderful things. Okay, um, so yeah. you need to make a promise. If and if a Red Bar Amsterdam is being opened, you need to oh, inaugurate it. I will be there. Are you going on the record now? I'm going on the record as saying that, that if we get right. this off the ground, then right. you will have a special guest. So we have hundreds of, of, of witnesses now, guys. We need to bring Adam to Amsterdam. All right, so these are the questions. We have only 12 mm -hmm. minutes left. We have okay. no questions coming in. So right, let me get some more coffee then. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, we have a lot of comments that are highs. What's up? Well, to uh, everyone, hello and what's up, obviously. So Dan occasionally liked things posted. Hi, love the suit alone. Hello, RJ, Red Bar Bistro. Hi, Dan, good to see you here with us. He does actually, I don't know if you know him, he does an awesome weekly Instagram live with a buddy of his. Um, so Dan, please share the handle. People can find you guys on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that. I'm sure I know you, but... I know a lot of Dan's, so but he thank was, you for saying that. Yeah. Yes, you know what? We, we really, I had no idea how that was going to turn out. And uh, I'm going to have to give the lion's share of the credit. And that will be 100% of the credit for how well this turned out to my partner, Kathleen McGivney. Uh, she really went above and beyond like she always does. But she organized it, uh, wrangled all the personalities. So we were very we we did we had as much of an idea of how it was going to turn out as anyone else did, and so I'm glad you enjoyed it. And you know what, I have fun too. But man, we let out a big sigh of relief when that thing was over. Because yeah, there's a lot that could have gone wrong. I can imagine it's new. It's a big. Um, so yeah. yeah, on YouTube, RJ says, "Don't hassle the Hoffman." Yeah, you never hassle the Hoffman. Those are you words to live by. He's on fire, RJ. RJ, by the way, you know yeah. I'm still waiting for your reply on my email, so stop goofing around. And yeah, dude, up. RJ, get on this, man. Um, <laughs> no, I, but yeah, looking for freedom. I mean, he yeah. he single-handedly brought down uh, the the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever met the wall? I did once years ago. Um, he's tall. He's like I think about eight foot three. Really? Um, okay, maybe he's not eight foot three, but he's a big guy. And this was this was back in two thousand and I want to say two thousand two, two thousand three. There was a movie premiere. My sister works in the you know the film business, and I I flew out to see her. We went to the the premiere of a uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, and you know he was there with his his kids. And I I just went up to him and I I didn't know what to say. I'm like I'm a big fan. I love Knight Rider. And he was like so happy. But this is before we had like, you know, iPhones and crap. So I didn't get a photo, but he hugged me. And that changed my life. You're a handsome guy. That's why he hugged you. And you're, and you're uh, thank you. He was, a, I mean, I don't care how good looking you are, nobody sees it when you're in the corona of magnificence that surrounds him. So thank God for Zoom. All right. Yeah. So we have on Facebook, Clement Ho. He writes, Adam, your IDC friend. I, I, I just saw you. I just saw your your uh, your WhatsApp thing there, Clem. 
<laughs> uh, I have my phone sitting next to me. Uh, I I want to go. I never get to go to these these get-togethers, and uh, so I think it's his always... abbreviation is a typo, right? He means RB Red Bar. Okay. <laughs> so no, they they do a wonderful get-together, the IWC guys. And um, but you know, it seems like every time that this was going on, I was traveling somewhere else or something came up. So and of course now I can't travel at all, but I will make it one of these years. Soon, soon. 2021 is going to be our year. Uh, we got to get this thing under control. And once we get the vaccine and everyone's fine, then boom. Okay, so RJ is still goofing around. RJ, we're not going to ignore you, buddy. <laughs> um, William, who's a big collector in the Netherlands, good to see you. Thank you for joining us every time. He writes, nice, Red Bar Amsterdam. So we have a vote in. Okay. Uh, wash your hands. Well, right. boss, definitely. Yeah. So, Bust, thank you for joining us. I know that guy. Uh, let's see. We have more questions here. Rocky, one of our regulars. He mm. actually has his own crew going on. So maybe he needs to set up the Amsterdam uh, Red Bar crew. He writes Good. on YouTube, hi, Adam. What's yeah. the secret to success of the Red Bar crew? How did you manage to become this big? I think we dealt with that, right, Adam? We talked about it, but it's really, I think it was being in the right place at the right time also. Uh and just sort of having that momentum behind it. And then it's just, it's the, it's the spirit. You yeah. know, I think everyone has to figure out how they want their groups to be. Look, by, we're not the only game in town and we're not going to be the only game in town, but we're very specific about just everybody's welcome. Yeah. Awesome. So big collector, Mark. Let oh, me crap. You, Mark. Big uh, I see you there, Mark. I, and trust me, hold me to it. You can hold me to that, brother. By the way, you want to know something funny? Looking at spirit animals and everything, the airport abbreviation for Amsterdam is AMS. Mm -hmm. But us Dutchies locally write Amsterdam A D A M. There, yes, yeah, and that's know. how it should be. So it's A apostrophe D A M. So the dam. Um, all right. So one or two more questions. Let me see. We have a lot to go through. Um, <laughs> A red oh, bar edition. Dala's helping me out. Thank you, Dala. Mm, you, know you know what? No, yeah. RJ's got the lock on those. We can't. We're not going to. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't, uh, first of all, um, I don't know that they would ever give us the time of day in that capacity. Uh, and then, and secondly, I, to be honest, uh, we have so many limited edition Speedmasters that I would like to see the only the professionals like Fratello keep working on that stuff, the Speedy Tuesdays. So uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing one of those. He He's commenting while you're talking, and he writes on YouTube, Dan, we have enough <laughs> Fratello driver speed buses now. I'm just trying to when, when you have, you know, a guy like uh, Robert, you know, who is literally like the Speedmaster uh, super freak, you know, you know the watches are going to be fantastic. I, I can't I, personally. I can't wait to see what's next from them. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know that we're going to be the ones to get a turn. We'll 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 talk to uh, Omega HQ in Bien. Um, we have a viewer who can join in live. He's sending a question, Christian. He's asking, wow. "Do you match your watch to your drinks?" That's an interesting question. Um, no, I, I don't because I just honestly, I I grab a watch just kind of by accident during the day and then I drink whatever uh, is within reach. I'm not picky. 
Okay. So right. yeah, I just good accent. Uh, we Dan, have you're fired. Going on, RJ answers. Dan, you're fired. All right. <laughs> well, he did stick his neck out there, so he did. He did. So yeah. we have a full blown chat going on. I'll ignore these from now on. Um, last one sent in to us. What do you do at Revolution Magazine? Is a question. So I am now the uh, editor at large for the U.S. edition. Okay. Uh, so you know I'm a contributor, and basically it means I can kind of write what I want. Um, but you know, there's still standard articles like I'm working on right now, and I'm late, and I hope nobody uh, from Revolution is watching this because they're going to be like, "Why aren't you writing?" So, yeah, I think I think Way is uh, having his Negronis right now, so. He'll see yeah. this tomorrow. I'm obviously sending him this link because I want him on the show as well. So, Yco, we're waiting for you to RSVP, buddy. Um, he's, he's a personality, all right. He's amazing. I love him. He's Yco. the personality, frankly. Very outspoken guy. He's amazing. I love his passion. I love his positivity. Um, our next guest, though, that confirmed today. Oh, boy. So that <laughs> be a fun session next wednesday oh, i love me some anish will you tell him i said hi i will i will anish is also a stand-up guy love him down to earth a lot of people could feel yeah. pictures for being snooty and snobby but i'll vouch living his best life and he's the guy who will give you the shirt off his back yeah so yeah and Good he'll put that in the session next week we'll go one hour live with him he's such a sweet guy True passion, and he, he carved his own niche, and that's photography. He mm -hmm. translates lifestyles, and, and it's maybe not our lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that I enjoy looking at, though. Yeah, definitely. So shout out to Anish. Tune in next week. And for you, Adam, thank you. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. My pleasure. Well, it was always it's always a pleasure. And like I said, you, I, I've been, I think I have to be held to a lot of promises I've made on the show so so let's let's catch up next week and uh jam a bit on how we can go about definitely so all our viewers right now we appreciate you tuning in interacting so passionately with us goofing around so see you next week thank all you all righty take care alan have a good Bye. one